Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personal Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hello. It's good to see you. You're in, you're in your new digs. New digs. You're at the new place. Mm-hmm. Moving you moved. Is... You, you did not throw out your back that I'm aware of. No. Mm-mm. Although the, the day we loaded the truck, uh, the first box I touched was a little too heavy. So that mm. was that was fun. I, like my my back twinged a little bit. It's like no 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 no. Hold on, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, you got the hard part over before the day started. So you're just everything was uphill from there. I'd imagine. Yeah. On, moving in midsummer in Lubbock, Texas, on day thirty of a hundred plus t- degree temps. I bet it was just ideal. It could have been worse. My, our, our friends that moved are that are actually like right next door to us. They moved when it was a hundred and eight, like oh. that week back in June. Uh, we moved, uh, so we loaded up Wednesday night, moved in Thursday morning, uh, Thursday afternoon, Wednesday night was, was, was pretty hot. I, I think it was hitting a hundred. Uh, and then we were out there as it was getting hot Thursday anyways. So yeah, in the new house, 23 personnel South, even Souther headquarters. <laughs> XL South, South. Yeah, we moved uh, south. We're within the same neighborhood, but we're we're several blocks further south. It's been great, man. We love the new house. Enjoying settling in a little bit. Unpacking kind of sucks. Uh, Samantha yes. is finishing up. She's got a summer term internship where she's getting a bunch of hours, uh, but she's working up, you know, on, on campus. And the hoarder blood in her wants to touch everything. So she wants to unpack it and wants to know where everything is and doesn't want me to throw anything away. So unfortunately, she comes home pretty beat. So we, we get very little done. Now, this is her last week. So uh, the next couple of weeks, she's got a couple of weeks off before she gets into her fall term. I'm sure we'll get a lot more done. But yeah, this is the I've got a couple more days off of work and then I go back to the office, which sucks. It's been nice to not be working, but yeah, well, speaking of a couple of weeks, man, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this. Yeah. We haven't we've officially recorded. Like, we recorded yeah. uh, a, that crossover episode in the middle of our, our little break we took, uh, even though we had some, some episodes that came out during that time. But yeah, this is the first time that we've sat down to record. I recorded with our guest last night, connecting with you. You were, uh, at a special event, which we'll also talk about here in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, excited to get back. I mean, we're in the month of football. Yes, it starts. College football starts this month. Texas Tech doesn't start until about a month from today, actually. Well, but, but practice uh, starts this week. Practice starts in like two days, man. But before we get into all that, before we talk about our guests and, and, and get into that interview, if you aren't following us yet on Twitter, please do so at 23 personnel. Things are heating up on Twitter. 
can follow us individually. Spencer at punt suck, Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can also catch everything that we're doing here with the podcast over on sports drink, which is today's episode sponsor sports drink, your digital water cooler sports drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate on your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink. Spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. So we're going to talk a lot of football because that's that's what we do here. We interviewed uh, Brandon Carter, former Texas Tech football offensive lineman, from 2006-2009. Uh, that was a really fun conversation. We'll, we'll get to that here in a second, then we'll, we'll kind of wrap up and discuss everything that, that he talked about, um, get into realignment updates. Hint, hint, there are none. <laughs> Which was funny, because last time we actually recorded, we're like, I'm sure all of this realignment stuff will be completely outdated by the time we, we, we get back together. No, it's not. It's all the same. But uh, we'll talk about that. The the cactus movement that happened a couple weeks ago, some Twitter spaces, uh, local media, and then national, air quotes national with the college football subreddit. Uh, both had some Twitter spaces that we tuned into. And then just a couple other updates that happened over the past few weeks that we'll get into. But Let's uh let's jump into football and let's uh let's talk to Brandon Carter. Chuck keeps himself. Made two guys miss touchdown. Two now the end zone picked off and it's picked off. Pick six, Jeffers. Slager able to escape and that picked off. Back to back. To throw Wide open. As a man downfield, and Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks to the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith behind a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62 yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. All right, so we're super excited to be joined on the 23 Personal Podcast tonight by Brandon Carter, former Texas Tech offensive lineman. Uh, Brandon, how's it going, man? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. So you you played for Texas Tech. Uh, I, I think a lot of fans of our of our podcast are about my age, a little bit older, are aware. But but for 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 some of the the newer fans, 
Um, you came to Texas Tech as a part of that. Was it 2005 signing class? 2005. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was then, a great class too. <laughs> yeah. I was going through some of those names. Um, and, and whether or not they, they played at tech or, 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 or just their, their, their contribution while they were there. Like Ed Britton was in that. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Class, uh, offensive line, Sean Burns. Uh, McKinner Dixon, um, Victor Hunter, Philip Jones, L- Louis Vasquez, uh, and Marlon Wynn for, for sure. You started playing, what was it in the 2006 season? 2006. Yeah. And then you, you came on as a starter in, in 07, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, I was just saying like, before we started recording my, my freshman year was 2007. Um, and I got there, I, I, I had very little, uh, <laughs> uh, experience or exposure to, to Texas tech football. And, and that 07 team and year was just, was a blast to, to, to get to, to follow. Uh, and, and obviously for, from there, you know, 07, 08, 09, those, those first three years for me were just, were so much fun. Following your, 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 playing days at Texas tech, you went on, um, you, you, you made a few rosters with the NFL and then you, you, you went into uh professional wrestling. Is that correct? <laughs> a little, yeah. Oh yeah. A little bit of WWE. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what have you been up to since, since, since then? Uh, you know, actually, um, since then, you know, I had, I had received several concussions there in WWE. So I decided to, to pack it up and, and, uh, I came back to Lubbock shortly thereafter. Uh, from there, I just kind of fell into, um, into working with athletes around the area. And I've done that for a number of years. And then along the way, just, just decided to add uh, real estate to, to uh, the list as well. So, I mean, between the two, they keep me busy and, and, uh, you know, on the straight and narrow, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I know that a couple of my nephews actually work with you on Sundays. Uh, that's right. They're out there playing for Abernathy and getting ready to start their, their fall practices. I, I want to start and, and talk a little bit about, um, obviously about Texas Tech. Um, I don't know if you've, if you've seen this article or not, but there was a recent article in The Athletic 
uh, that we're talking about their first impressions of your former coach, Mike Leach. Uh, and I, we just want to know what were some of your first impressions of coach? Um, you know, actually, I, the, the first meeting that I remember, uh, with, with coach Leach, he was, I don't know. He was just very personal. He was, he was easy to get to know. He was kind of quirky and goofy, just like you would think that he was. And, and honestly, probably the one thing that I remember the most is we actually sat down, you know, we we kind of went through the whole visitation weekend and we sat down in his office with my mom and dad sitting there and he just he pulled out some cards and had this kind of wonky card trick. And I don't know, but it kind of stuck. And, and uh, you know, we over the years, we, we kind of got to know each other. And But that first impression, yeah, it was just, it was just very easy to, to get to chat to and and honestly just seemed like a, a normal guy honestly yeah for sure how closely have you followed the texas tech football program since you've you, you've left oh i follow pretty closely every single year i um you know there was a time that i never missed a game and and that's getting harder and harder nowadays especially with the daughter but um, you know, I, I still try to get to as many games as I can. And if not, I certainly don't miss them as far as watching them on TV. Yeah. So, um, as, as, as a former, you know, player and athlete and, and one that that's, that's, you know, still following the program, what, what are some of your thoughts on, on the new coach, Joy McGuire and, and just kind of the, the general direction that you, you see the program going right now? To be honest, um, you know, this is really the first time since I graduated that I feel like major things are happening within the program. So just that itself is exciting. And, um, you know, as far as the momentum going behind Coach McGuire and the recruiting and the backing that he has with, um, our alum and, I mean, it just seems like major things are happening in the program. And, and honestly, to go from a program, you know, just 10 months ago that not many people were talking about to where we are now is, you know, it's come leaps and bounds. Yeah, for sure. As a part of, of Coach McGuire's uh, new staff, we, we see that Stephen Hamby has come on to be the offensive line coach. And this is a guy that you, you played next to. Uh, when, when you guys were both here at Texas Tech, what are some of your thoughts on 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 Stephen Hammy coming back as a coach, and what do you think he brings? Well, you know, I uh, I know Hammy well, and we've had uh, a few meetings together since he's been back. And honestly, I'm just ecstatic that that he's back here. And um, what he brings is is you know he was a lot like myself. We were very intense, like we just busted our tail we were not going to get beat like we were just kind of grit your teeth nose to the grindstone kind of guys and i think that just that mentality alone will certainly pick up our offensive line play and um i mean i think that they're in great hands with him i know he's got plans to get some some big mean cats in and uh, that's really what we need. Yeah. And, and this is something that I, I think I, I can't remember when, when he said it, but he was talking about bringing fire back to the position, especially at Texas tech. And, you know, as, as, as a fan watching those teams, I remember 
uh, in a game that like, you know, we all want to try to forget there was, uh, it was that game in Oklahoma in 2008. Uh, and I, I, I think it had, I, I think Graham had just thrown an interception. Um, but like, there were several guys along the offensive line that looked like they were about to start a fight. And of course you, you, you and Hamby were in the middle of all of that. And, and, and just to see that, that kind of mentality, you know, not only being like welcomed back, but kind of encouraged, you know, it's, I feel like that's something that we, we've kind of seen an absence uh, here lately, or at least, you know, the, the past few years. And, and there was a time in this, this bowl game actually back in December um, you know, when, when the, the quarterback scored a touchdown, he, he ran it in and then got, you know, a little extra shove there at the end. Uh, and a couple of, of offensive linemen, you know, started getting into it with the defense. And that was something that I, I don't think we've seen too much, uh, in, in the past few years. That's, I, I think, you know, as a fan, like, you know, as a former offensive line, I, I'm, this is going back 20 years now, but that, that's something that I, I think is really exciting to see. Um, it's just that, that fire for, from the guys up front, uh, and, you know, all the way down to, to, you know, to the coach that, you know, has played that position before and, and has, has shown that himself as a player. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that that was just the mentality of the program at the time. And it, it, you know, it was the same way during practice. I mean, any given week we were probably at least going to get in one fight out on the practice field, if not every single day of the week. And, and Leach would, I mean, he would let it go on. He'd let it go on for a minute and then he'd pull, have everyone pull each other apart. And then it was straight back in. I mean, you didn't catch a breath. There was nothing. It was just, I don't know. There was a certain fire. There was a certain chippiness and defense had, a certain amount of pride and offense had a certain amount of pride. And I mean, every single day we were just, we were going at it. Yeah, man. Let's, I guess I'm excited to see that, that, that kind of mentality that fire coming back. Absolutely. I agree. Um, so kind of taking a step back from Texas tech, you know, individually as, as a program, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot been, there's a lot, cha- a lot of change has been going on around the, the entire sport, obviously. And um, you know, big changes with, with who Texas Tech is playing in terms of like the, the conference opponents as, as realignment and the conference is changing as, as, as a former player, I wanted to ask you first, like, did, did you so much care like who else was in the conference or are you just more like, I, I don't care who's in front of me, let's just line up and beat them. Or like, w- w- what was your perspective on the other teams in the conference? And did it matter? You know, I, I don't necessarily think that I have any leverage as to why I chose to play attack, but I mean, obviously those, those rivalries, you, you absolutely love, you love, you know, seeing the next week that you're going to play A&M or UT or OU or even Oklahoma state, even Baylor. Heck, we had a, we, we had a pretty decent rivalry with Baylor. They played us tooth and nail back in the day. So, I mean, yeah, I do. I do like those rivalries. Um, and it will be, you know, it'll be tough to see some of those games go away, but I don't necessarily think that it had any weight on my decision on why I would play a tag. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, on the, the big 12 as it is now? Like, well, you know, as, as the big 12 back with, with 12 teams, I'm, I'm not counting Texas and Oklahoma, but 
you know, with I- Iowa State, uh, Kansas, Kansas State, Baylor, TCU, uh, but then also, you know, Oklahoma State, uh, Houston, um, Central Florida, BYU. Like, what do you think about this current state of, of the Big 12? Um, I don't. I don't necessarily mind it. Now, in my opinion, I don't know if it feels as strong as it did with Oklahoma and Texas. Um, I do think that we're adding quality to the the conference. Um, but, uh, you know, losing Texas and losing Oklahoma is a, a big hit. That's for sure. Yeah. As, as it looks like, you know, Big 12 is, is still trying to determine what the future of, of, of the Big 12 conference looks like. Uh, it, it looks like, you know, obviously there are some teams from the Pac-12 uh, that, that may be uh, targeted to, to be invited to join. Who would you prefer to see added? I mean, there have been a lot of people talking about Colorado, Utah, and the Arizona schools or uh, trying to go after, you know, Oregon and Washington. But as a tech fan yourself or in, and just kind of generally in the big 12, who do you want to see added to, to the schedule to the, the conference? I, I think honestly, the two to make sense is, is Arizona and Arizona state. Um, it'd be fun to watch. I, I don't necessarily know if I'd be blown away by that. Um, I mean, if you're going to throw in any schools, uh, hypothetically, if you threw in like Oregon, that'd be fun. Um, even Washington, Washington would be a lot of fun. Colorado, you know, we've been there, done that. So, I mean, it's not as amusing to me. Um, I, I, I do think that there are quality schools, so I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't mind it. Um, but yeah, I mean, even at Utah, I think that would, that would be a fun ad as well. Would, would this with this new schedule or just like the way the, the conference is aligned, you know, with, with teams and, and games, you know, out on the East Coast with West Virginia and Central Florida and then possibly all the way out to the West Coast with Washington, Oregon. Is, is that something that would be exciting to you to just as a player to travel and get to see the different stadiums and fan bases or, oh, or is it just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was I was a stadium snob. I, I loved playing in all the different stadiums. I loved Honestly, if I could have played a different school every single week, every single year, I would have been totally okay with that just to be able to check out all of the, the stadiums around the country. Uh, still to this day, I'm the same way. I've got a ton on my bucket list, and hopefully one day I'll be able to check them all off. But so as a- And actually, to, to refer back to your last question, if I was to add any school to the Big 12, it would be Arkansas. Yeah. That would be a blast. <laughs> yeah, we, we've we've seen to be matched up with them across you know s- several sports the past few years, whether it's football, basketball, or or baseball. And it's always been a real he- heated game. It absolutely is. Yeah, so absolutely, they've got a fun fan base too. Yeah, they do. Uh, you, you said you're 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 a stadium snob. So give me your your most favorite stadium stadium to play in, and then like one that you just you know, like whether it was like it was really hostile and like you just you didn't enjoy playing there, or it was just like really just a bad you know environment or bad facility. Um, well, I don't think anything will ever duplicate. Um, the feeling of playing UT in 2008 at Tech Stadium. So I think 
at some point, you know, that by default is always going to be my favorite stadium memory. Um, but if I was to exclude Tech, I would probably say Texas A&M. Really? They had, uh, oh man, their, their, their fans were rowdy and they packed in a full house. So it was fun. And, you know, I was always up for those games. I mean, bring all your fans. I want them rowdy. I want them throwing stuff. I want them screaming. Like that was just, that's the atmosphere. That's the atmosphere that you, that you're supposed to love. For sure. So what about like your least favorite environment? Or stadium. Probably, you know, and, and the crazy thing is, it's probably one of my favorite stadiums too, but probably Oklahoma. And uh, the reason being is you actually, when you walk out of the locker room, you, you kind of walk down this long corridor of, of just this little, I don't know, it's kind of just a cage almost. And I mean, their fans, they'll spit on you and they'll curse at you and they'll say whatever, this and that. But at the same time, it kind of pumps you up. But, you know, some of them get a little bit rowdy. Yeah. That, now, that wouldn't have anything to do with the game that happened out there in 2008, would it? Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, Oklahoma State was bad, too, because those – those guys are right on top of you. You know, when your back is, when you're sitting down on the bench, your back is essentially up against that wall that they're banging those things up against. They're a pretty rowdy crowd too. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I want to wrap it up on the other kind of big uh, shift in the landscape of college athletics, especially since you played is this new uh, name, image and likeness. Um, I think, you know, generally, I, I, I think a lot of people thought that, you know, college athletics and especially college athletes deserve to be able to make money off their off their NIL. Um, but I think it's, you know, unsurprisingly uh, shifted to a, a pay for play like really quickly and just kind of gotten out of hand that way. But w- what are some of your thoughts on just the NIL realm as it is today? Oh, you know, I'm, I don't know. I may offend people because people are on both sides of the fences here, but I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for their players getting paid. I think that they have a talent that's worth, if they have a talent that's worth monetizing, then, then why not? Uh, I think it's a little bit of a wild west right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, a conversation that I had it almost seems, well, it pretty much is. It's a more free market than the NFL. So, and I think after this offseason, I think that we're going to see a lot of changes as far as, you know, other teams poaching other teams' players and willing to pay X amount more than your current team. And now this guy's gone because he just got paid. So, um, you know, I think it's at some point that they're probably going to have to put some sort of restrictions or uh, ceiling or I don't know. Yeah. So as uh, if the NIL and its current uh, state existed when, when you were a player, who would you have wanted to sign a deal with? What kind of sponsorship uh, would, would you have been looking for? Everyone. And obviously <laughs> you would want to go with the big ones, you know? I mean, if, if, 
uh, a sports brand or if uh, Coca-Cola or if a Tostitos or if somebody comes out and they want to put you in a commercial or they want you, want to put you in some sort of promotion, like absolutely sign me up. Yeah, for sure. Before we let you go, um, you know, go, going back to, to your thought on, 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 on Texas Tech, what do you what do you see that this this team uh, doing this season and beyond? Like, are you this looking season, for a certain, you know, honestly, the, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people have unrealistic expectations in year one and I try not to. The only thing that I'm really, I'm seeing, I'm hoping to see this year is just a change in mentality. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't even necessarily mean racking up more wins. I just, I want to see guys wrapping up. I want to see guys running into the ball. I want to see, good teamwork. I want to see good fundamentals. I want to see great techniques. And I don't know, just want to see an overall mentality change, just hungry guys going out there having fun and just, you know, yeah, just going out there having fun. Yeah. So I think playing for each other. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that coach McGuire has leaned back on when he's asked about what does, what does success look like this year? And he goes back to his, his, you know, the, his statement on the brand, right. He wants to be the, the, the toughest, most hardworking team in the country. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he, I don't, I don't think any coach would give like a win to total, but like he's for sure saying like, no, we need to kind of change our, our identity first before we talk about like number of wins and losses. But yeah, absolutely. I, I think there, there's, there's certainly a lot to be said for, um, you know, once you establish that, that foundation and that culture and the brand that, that coach McGuire has been talking about, I, I think the wins would, would certainly be able to, to follow that. Um, They'll start coming. Absolutely. And then, and the athletes will start coming as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I wanted to thank you for your time, Brent. Is there anything else you want to say to our, you know, to Texas Tech fans before we let you go? No, no, I appreciate you having me and always welcome Tech. Yes, sir. All right. We want to thank Brandon again for his time joining us on the 23 Personal Podcast. Michael, man, that was that was fun to, to connect with a, with a former player, especially one that was so closely tied to at least my, uh, as I said, first introductions to Texas Tech football. I mean, his his time starting as a starter was my first few football games as a freshman back in 2007. Um, and, and, and in that, that era, like the team, it was, it was so defined by like big personalities, right? It was Graham Harrell, Michael Crabtree, but his face was like the third one they'd show on all those promo packages going into pregames and stuff because of just the, um, the way he carried himself and the way he presented himself, especially in, in pregame with the hair and the makeup and all that kind of stuff. But man, that, that was a fun conversation. Uh, we talked about his, obviously his time in Texas tech um, and you know, it, it, how he's looking forward to just the way that McGuire is, is getting things turned around. Uh, and I, of course I couldn't help but ask him about NIL and realignment. Um, so, one of the things I, I, I think Michael and I really wanted, wanted to, to, I guess, circle back on was um, the way he talked about how McGuire is changing, like, how did he say it, Mike? What? Well, what, it, you asked him, you know, kind of what he's looking for. And by the way, 
thanks to Brandon for coming on. Really appreciate that. Thanks to you for, you know, getting that interview put together, knocking it out. I was at the, uh, the vengeance showing that the gauchos hosted the gambling gauchos are good friends of the pod. Good friend of the show is Rob and Kyle and, um, completely packed theater. So I'm, I'm really glad I went. It was a, it was a good time, but I did miss out on the interview. Um, and Brandon, what he said was that the thing he was looking forward to, it wasn't so much wins and losses, I believe, but more about a change in mentality. That's I think those was. were his exact words and I couldn't agree more. And, and that's something that I, I think is, as fans, we, we kind of have to keep that in check. Um, you, you know, this was something I, I kind of wanted to bring up a little bit later, but it seems to kind of tie in a little bit now. It's just, I was listening to, um, you know, Carlos Silva Jr. and and Don Williams, they had a, a Twitter space tonight. This is Wednesday night, and it sounds like they're going to do it every Wednesday at 6 p.m. If you guys want to tune in, that'll be kind of their live podcast they're going to do on Wednesday evenings. And, you know, some one of the callers, I guess you'll say, mentioned something about there being a lot of excitement about the program and, and uh, you know, expectations. And I think – I don't think most of us as fans – are as I don't think we're expecting as much as people think we are. I, I think the excitement can be misleading. I think yeah. that's, that's kind of what I wanted to ask you is, is there a difference between excitement and expectations? And I think there is, I, at least for me, I am excited. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what this team does. I'm excited, excited to see this change in mentality and, you know, um, just the way that, the offensive line can play, you know, the, the, the way that Carter talked about Hamby and how they played with their, uh, enthusiastic intensity and, and, you know, bringing that to that line, that group of players is going to be special to see. And that's just part of it. You know, I, I'm thinking that that's going to be sh- showcased in every position group. There's going to be a lot of guys who are showing intensity and passion and maybe some things we haven't quite seen, as, as recently. Uh, but I don't think that that can be mixed up with expectations. I, I think, I think fans can be excited, but then also not expect tech to go eight and four and think it's a bust. If they don't, I think you can live in both worlds. And that, that's what I was going to ask you is, do you think that there are legit expectations out there? Do you think that there are fans who have bought in so much that they're going to be let down if tech goes seven and five or something. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's something that, that we've talked about before, right. Is like this, this first season, like it could be ugly or, you know, it, it could be really exciting. Um, especially when we talk about, you know, numbers, numbers of wins and losses. I do think there will be some people that have gotten the two mixed up, right? Like they're excited about the direction of the program. They're excited about, Joy McGuire. Um, they're excited about the, you know, return of a Kingsbury disciple and, and, and Kitley and air raid tangential, uh, offense coming back that, um, there will be like really high expectations, uh, that have bled over from just fan excitement. Right. So I think, yeah, the, 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 there will be some, some people that will be upset, um, and disgruntled if their excitement is not met with 
seven or eight wins. Um, I think one, I, we've seen how much work is being done to, to overhaul the roster uh, with just the different philosophies that Coach McGuire has from Matt Wells um, and going to a younger high school-based recruiting uh, recruiting tactic, I guess, is a little bit longer of a of a play, right? To get everything yes b- back where you want it. Whereas going after transfers and and JUCO is more of an immediate um, air quote fix, but it's also kind of like a high risk there, where you know you're 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 filling your your class with guys that have only two years to prove it, and usually it's their second year that it comes through. Whereas with a freshman, you've got five years with them. Anyways, so yeah, I. I I think he hit the, the nail on the head there when he talked about just really being really excited to see the the change of mentality. It was uh, interesting to hear like how much he's kept up with the team and the program s- since he graduated. Um, that that he, you know he, he catches all the games and and then he, even that that he's been you know in contact with the new offensive line coach Stephen Hamby, who was the center on on, on those teams uh, that he was playing on. He played right next to Hamby. Uh, in, in those years, and he said he's been, you know, in contact with Hamby, and he was just really excited about the mentality that that group's bringing back, and something that we talked about for a minute or two. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it was fun to get that that, that perspective from a, a former player, um, who's turned fan, if you will, and um, just hearing his his thoughts and excitement about the direction of, of the program. I, I wanted to give. Brandon Carter a plug too because he didn't mention this but uh, I know the last time I checked which was a week or two ago he was still listed as one of the available trainers at Zach's club here in Lubbock so if you're looking to get trained by former offensive lineman great Brandon Carter you can Mm -hmm. and I would go to Zach's club quite a bit over the last several years and I don't know how many times I saw him there, but I didn't realize that was him because he looks so different. <laughs> he looks yeah, a lot different now. <laughs> you know, he's like, like most offensive linemen do. They've, they've trimmed up quite a bit. But, you know, you see a six 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 seven guy walking around a, 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 a gym, you notice, and you're like, man, I wonder who that is. It look, I'm sure I'm sure I should know. But anyway, yeah, so who knows how many times uh, he was there while I was uh, over the years. But I just want to give that plug, too, because he's um, – he was there a lot and he was working with guys and you could tell that, you know, they were responsive, responsive to him. And he had a, he had a lot of folks he was working with. So if you're interested in that, if you're a member of Zach's club, you might check that out. Uh, just a free plug. Yeah. And, and and we talked about it on the recording that, uh, he actually trains, uh, my two oldest nephews who play for Abernathy, um, to get them, you know, into shape and get ready for, for football season. So that was fun. The other thing that I, I wanted to ask your, your thoughts on Michael, um, he said he was a stadium snob and that, I loved that. He, that. he was really excited. Like the, the prospect of, you know, of playing in the current big 12 from coast to coast. Um, and, and just, he said even like it, if, if he, he could play a different team every game of his career, like he would love it. Um, and, and I, I, I expected as much like most players don't really care so much about the conference affiliation. Uh, and he, he said that like who we played in the big 12 wasn't, you know, a deciding factor for him to come to play at Texas tech. Um, 
but you know, from his perspective, going to all those different stadiums, uh, was, was a lot of fun for him. And you know, he, you know, he fed off the energy of, of those crowds, you know, if they're hostile, um, he of course mentioned that the, the atmosphere of, of that 08 Texas game will never be matched. Um, yeah. he said that one, uh, you know, a couple weeks later against Oklahoma was, was memorable. Um, not a good kind of memorable, but it was yeah, interesting enough. He said his favorite, like non Texas tech was to play down in college station. Yep. Um, which makes sense. Cause they, they, they have a rocking atmosphere and it's, they do, it's man. Not I mean, one that I can get into, but <laughs> and they, they just seat so many people and they just seem like they're all on top of each other and they do the whole wave, the 12th man, whatever that thing is. Yeah. The, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that. I like that he described himself as a stadium snob and it's something I hadn't considered with players that you just, I, I you know, I've, I've never had the chance to be a D one player. Um, for a lot of reasons. And it's just not something you kind of put yourself into those shoes and think, well, how would I feel getting to play at these different places? And there's probably a lot of guys like Carter who were just thrilled. Oh man, we're going to go to Provo this week. Cool. Okay. Or, you know, that's Eugene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. All right. We're going to, we're going to go to Orlando in a year or two. All right. That's fine. Cool. Never been there. You know, let's check out that stadium see what it's about. I like that he had kind of this bucket list. He, he mentioned about just going to games just in general, just to experience the stadiums. Uh, w- one other thing I wanted to mention too, was just, you know, he, he said all that and I, and I believe him. And I think there's a lot to losing these rivalries and, you know, kind of losing the regional aspect of college football that will be detrimental, absolutely be detrimental in just kind of maybe not necessarily eyes on the games, but kind of apathy is, it won't be, it won't be as passionate. I don't think the UCF, um, TCU rivalry is going to be as passionate as TCU Baylor or something, you you know, it's just, (laughs) just throwing it out there. Uh, but he said all that. And then, then also mentioned, man, if there was just a way to get Arkansas in the big 12 and I thought, yeah, that would be pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a team I would love to, I would love to hate Arkansas in the same conference. I, I missed out on that completely. Yeah, and uh, even with the the games that we've played recently, it's like, man, uh, like if this was a more permanent rotation on the schedule, man, it would be it'd be pretty feisty. Yes, um, you know, going back quickly to, to you know Bert and his comments of you know to the the Texas high school coaches about not playing with a fullback and then. Kingsbury coming back with, with with his his retort, um, and just yeah, with the with like the, the what did he have a boutonniere on his yeah like a little mum or something <laughs> like a suit, <laughs> um, oh man, that was pretty good. You could see the vein popping out in his head when he was talking yeah. about his getting his ass kicked or whatever whatever the words were he said. Yeah, so going back a few weeks, we uh, we, we thought that realignment was gonna just implode uh, or just, you know, the Pac-12 was going to just completely crumble. Um, but nothing's changed. Um, George Klyavkov has made some really stupid comments and uh, trying to make himself and, and his conference look like they're in, in a position of power when he, you know, at Pac-12 media days, 
somebody asked him about uh, what your mark said about how Big 12 was open for business. And Klyavkov says, yeah, I just don't know if we're going to go sh- shopping there. Like, no, nah, man, that's not how that's this not, is playing out. Well, and that's not what your mark even meant. Nope. It's it's not. What no. I mean, what is what a chode to take it that way and just be, oh, well, uh, oh, you're open for business for us to come pick which team we want. Like, no, dude, that's not what he meant. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, come, come and I feast. Think he, Come feast, Pac-12. That's what we want you to do. Please, please take our wares. T- yeah. Take our TCU to the West. Take take our Baylors to the – no. No, your mark was just like, hey, we're – all options are on the table. We're looking at everything. That's what he meant. You know, it didn't mean anything. And I think he knew that too, but he was just trying to be a oh, douche about just, it. Just – he kind of walked it back a little bit. And then just all the victim blaming – you know, or blaming us – the big 12 for having something to do with UCLA. And yeah, it's like, we'd had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Get out of here, man. This, we're we're not your, we're not your enemy yet. And the other thing I thought was interesting, it was pointed out on Twitter. It's like, go back a couple weeks to big 12 media days. How much time there was spent talking about the pac 12? Very little, if if any at all, how much of pac 12 media days was spent talking about the big 12? significant portions like that's all you need to know like they they need a lifeline and they're still too stubborn to take the best available option is it the best option like period no like i'm i'm I'm, i can't come to you from my my seat here as a text tech fan in the middle of desert as a and, and and be able to tell you that the big 12 is the best available option for any PAC 12 school, but it, it's well, what's available right now. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's certainly twice as valuable as staying in the PAC 12. Like the numbers that we're seeing leaked out about potential media deals and payouts, especially if, if Oregon and Washington are going to stand for a non even revenue distribution. Those schools are looking at making like something in the upper teens, low twenties million per year per school and the big 12 without Texas, Oklahoma close to 40. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, yeah. So I've seen 35. And, yeah. Okay. So 35, that's a, that's, you know, 15 or so million per year. Yeah. You, you want to stick your nose a bit like, no, the, the big 12 isn't Yeah, No, if, the Arizona schools could get it together. I don't know what's going on with them. If Utah could get over their their high horse of being in a, you know, winning the Mountain West a few years ago, uh, or beating nobody of significance to get to the Rose Bowl, um, like they're not going to the Big Ten. SEC isn't coming for Arizona. The Big Ten isn't coming for Arizona. Arizona State. Um, they're all waiting on 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 Notre Dame. And if, and when the, that falls, the big 10 is going to look towards, you know, maybe potentially Washington, Oregon, and the SEC is going to look East into the ACC. So it's like, yeah. literally you're on the teeter totter of like falling off of what is the last lifeline to relevance. And I, that sounds very harsh against the big 12, but it's also like, we actually want some of your schools in the conference. Like, sure. We actually want you and not like, yes. eh, I guess we'll take you kind of how we felt, you know, about some of the schools that we just took on last year. 
Like, yeah, we, we kind of talked ourselves into it after the fact. Like, oh, yeah, of course I was. That's great. Yeah, I'm not going to say which ones, but there was there, there were, are there, there are at least six, one six current Pac-12 teams I would actually want in the conference that I think would bring substance and value. Now, I don't think you can get all six. I don't think all six simultaneously bring added benefit. But of the, of the six, you, you you've got choices there. So. Well, can I just say, even though, you know, we're talking about expanding the Big 12 and, and I think you and I are both in agreement that that is the play to make to at least attempt it, to at least try to yeah. just know that if if you're if you stick around, you might stay stagnant. And with this new landscape, it could just leave you behind. But that doesn't mean I don't hate it. I, I hate everything about realignment. It sucks. It's brutal. It has no thought put into it for the fans, mm-hmm. uh, even less thought put into it for the student athletes. It, it's just all about which school can make the most money. And, you know, then a fan can brag that their school made more money than the other school and didn't see a dime of it. So it's, I hate all of it. You're losing the regional aspect of it. You're losing, um, some important rivalries that are financially important to, to towns that are, to college towns it, anyway. Yeah. And I think everybody knows where I stand there, but it's just, it's, it's still, it's kind of kill or be killed. And, and big 12 is like I said, I think, you know, when we were, when we last met to record the timing of this is, is just so it, it couldn't have been any better. You know, if, if this had reversed and U, USC and UCLA had done this last year, you know, where would the Big 12 be now if OU and UT left we'd this year? Begging. We'd be the ones clawing and, and – and, and, or we might even be the ones fighting and defiantly being like, no, we don't need y'all. We don't need that Pac-12. We're, we're going we're gonna to stick it out. We'll be the Big 8 and we'll – who knows? Or, or I don't we, know what would have done. We would have grabbed even more schools that were uh, – you know, brought them up to the Big 12. Um, yeah. Or some of the Big 12 would have also – left yeah who knows what would happen but um you, you know to say that the pac 12 is undeniably in a better position than the big 12 is just a it's just outright false it's they not. were they, they were fifth of the power five before usc and ucla left yeah and tomorrow as far as i know i think thursday is the end of their exclusive 30-day negotiating window with with I believe is with ESPN and Fox. Mm -hmm. So that means if that has passed, then they have not made an agreement. And I don't know if that's in the PAC 12's favor. Maybe they think they can get something from somebody else, but I saw right before we recorded tonight that back to you mentioning, um, Notre Dame earlier, supposedly the big 10 is being, uh, quartered, quite handsomely by NBC and the NBC wants to turn the big 10 basically into their NFL and just completely showcase the big 10. And if that's the case, then that opens the door there for Notre Dame to hop in with that and possibly even become part of the conference. I know I'm going into a lot of things that I just saw, but who knows? You know, that that may close the door for the Pac-12. Maybe they thought they had something with NBC. Um, But we'll see what shakes out with that. And if Notre Dame 
if the, the and that's all it is that's what it breaks down to if the tvs can figure it out then the schools will follow suit because then that means the money is going to be there it's sickening but that's where we are if nbc can play nice with the big 10 and notre dame then eventually they'll just go ah screw it we'll join the big 10 because we'll, we're getting our tv money everybody's happy we're all at nbc yeah. yay go go peacock I just saw they were putting one of those soap operas on streaming Peacock. My wife told me that tonight. Can you imagine how unhappy so many boomers are right now? I think I forgot which one it was, General Hospital or something. Like, I gotta I gotta do what now? What channel's Peacock? I can't just I gotta watch my stories. My stories. But I, I gotta I gotta subscribe to a what? To a what? Anyway. So Okay, um, let's let's move. Let's kind of like refocus on the Big Twelve itself. What what are next steps? Like, regardless of 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 the teams, right? Like, I I think we all kind of agreed that like a rebrand or rename probably should be uh, evaluated and looked at. What are your thoughts, Michael? On like, what does the Big Twelve do next outside of realignment? I I think. You know, it wouldn't hurt to, to rename, especially not especially if we don't add teams. I, keep, I should quit. I should quit saying we. Uh, but if the Big 12 doesn't add teams, then OK, stick with it. But if they do, I obviously I, they've just got to rename and they've got to come up with something that has nothing to do with the number. I know that's been said a lot, but I really wanted to just point out a couple of things my coworker said to me a few weeks ago and he usually listens. So Will, if you're listening, shout out. Thanks for these excellent ideas. He basically came up with some kind of like, like a pro wrestling theme or like a, like kind of a, a cocky theme of names, like the American thunder conference, <laughs> something okay. like that. Um, and I'm kind of serious about naming it something like that. That was the one that he came up with just kind of on a whim as we were chatting, just having, having fun with it. Um, he also suggested the American power conference. That way we would just also be, we would just have power in the name. Sure. That's it. So we would be a power conference. Well, it's in the name. Oh yeah. Well, no, that doesn't count. There's not, you're not, a, it's a power to no, 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 no. We're the American power conference. It's in the freaking name. This is, this is just it. Uh, you know, Rolling Thunder Conference, Championship Belt Conference. I don't know about the belt part, but no, I think I think we could just championship something. I don't know. Yeah, because like, um, uh, I I can't remember the the order of the leagues. You know, when we talk about like European soccer, like there's UEFA and Champions League. Like there you go. Yeah, it's like we're 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 the champion. We're the Champions League. We're the Champions Conference. Conference of Champions, which no, that, that one feels kind of stupid. But like, where 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 like you you kind of imply like championship or power, thunder. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think we can't go regional either because as much no, as I liked no, Heartland, it's, it's, I know that I think Robin coast to coast. And, yeah, I think Robin Hyatt were talking about that. Um, I did like Continental. <laughs> Someone pointed that out to me because that just sounds classy, but. Uh, I don't think we can go regional anymore because it's just not a regional sport anymore. It's just, it's gone. That ship has still, sailed. So we've got to come up with like an arbitrary way to name it. 
I still like the big American. The big American. The back. The backbone. Back is back, baby. And well, and that would lead right into, you know, you've heard of Maction. Wait till you get some Baction. We play on Wednesday nights. Yes. Back to back Baction. Back to back Baction here on CBS. So maybe not like the best naming uh, ideas here, but at least from, from Michael and I right now. But still, <laughs> no. like I, I think... Go big. I think tying a number into the conference name is kind of stupid now. Which I, I, We've seen how, how fluid it is, like the Big Ten with 16 schools and the um, Pac-12 with 10 and you know how the big 12 went from big 12 minus two minus two plus two minus two um that little running i guess plus four now that like the running tally of, of the change in member numbers i think numbers just kind of it dates it real quick oh yeah know? and with how flu this is going to be especially if we're going to look at like the big 10 whatever they're going to be in the sec in their own little semi semi pro league, uh, and then everybody else, like there'll probably be a whole lot more movement on this side of it, right? Like, you know, teams m- moving up and down, you know, whether it's like a re- relegation style or just, you know, we're just constantly just in a little bit of a fluid state. Yes, uh, you, you know, if if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten, you're going to be a reactionary conference, yeah. and you're going to be having to whatever they decide goes will dictate how you react and what you do. And I think that's what your marks trying to do is not be as reactionary with what just happened to the PAC 12 and, and try to actually assert a little bit of power. And, you know, uh, they, the, the big 12 account retweeted attendance numbers today. That was, that was strong. a direct <laughs> quote tweet of Wilner who has been nonstop throwing shade at big 12 this entire time. And who thought that he was really proud of his attendance tweet that did not factor into account actual, uh, stadium capacity or anything else. Yeah. Um, he pointed out to being like the big 12, even on, on his side, the big 10, the big, sorry, big 12 had a, an advantage in attendance figures, but then the, the big 12 conference came out and was like, well, let's look at the attendance figures as part of stadium capacity. Like we're, we're, we're at, you know, I think Texas tech was what fifth at like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like it, it wasn't. It wasn't the like best. Eighty-eight percent capacity. Yeah, um, it was in the eighties. But I think all of the Pac-12 remaining schools, minus like Oregon and/or Washington, were under eighty-eight percent. Like the fourth or fifth place team in the league in the Big Twelve outdid the majority of everybody else in the Pac-12. I don't have the numbers in front of me, real quick. I, I could probably pull it up. Yeah, I'm going um, to because that's what's so cool about it is since it's from the Big 12 Twitter account, it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> so, uh, yes, the you know Texas Tech was actually seventh, seventh in the Big 12 in terms of yeah with uh, by with capacity percent with 88 percent, but that would have put them fifth in the Pac 12, uh, right bet- right behind um, Washington State, Washington. 
Washington yeah, State's yeah, at yeah, 87. You, you're right. So Utah, Oregon, Colorado, Washington had higher um, attendance by capacity numbers than Texas Tech at 88. But then you look at like Washington State 87, then you've got Arizona State 76, Oregon State 75, Stanford 74, Arizona 73, Cal 67. Like Cal barely outpulled uh, percentage uh, capacity than Kansas. And we know how bad Kansas does. Yes. Um, and Arizona was really rough. I mean, you, you can look at how the teams played that year. Tech won four games that year. Still had an average 52,000 people come to watch. Um, yeah, this is from so like it, 2019, isn't it? Yes. So it's it, it was really surprising to just see out of nowhere the Big 12 retweet John Wilner, who all, all Wilner said was that Pac-12 excluding the LA schools and big 12 excluding UTOU. He just said average attendance in 2019 for the PAC 12 was 44,704 big 12 was 49,378. And then went on to say that that's not a significant difference. Plenty of empty seats in both games. And you're kind of like, what, what argument Five, are you trying to make? 5,000 people. Let's, let's not, not yeah, words that's there. twice the size of my hometown, John. That's, <laughs> that's some people. I don't know what argument this is. Plenty of empty seats in both leagues. Like, okay, good. That's great. Everyone wants to hear that. Well, no one comes to games in any league, so both leagues are bad. Or, or You just keep seeing crap like this float around that just – they're trying to force some narrative on you that they can't back up. But they keep trying. God bless them. Yeah, and, and – you know, looking at their their attendance by capacity, it's not like they have significantly larger stadiums than you do. Like their largest here listed is seventy thousand for Washington. Uh, that's bigger than any of the Big Twelve schools listed. Um, but then you've got Washington State thirty two thousand, Arizona State at sixty four thousand. That's that's pretty comparable to to what we've got here. Um, whether it's West Virginia, Texas Tech. Uh, Iowa State, um, Oregon State's got 43,000. That's the smallest of, of, of anybody, even including TCU and Baylor. And we kind of mock them for having a small stadium. So it's like, it's not like they have huge, you know, cavernous stadiums that are just impossible to yeah. fill. Now, these are the same size stadiums. The, yeah. just, you're just not filling them. Because well, even that was, out west, like nobody wants to go to your games. Like you pointed out, I mean, he he brought up these statistics, which don't even work in his favor. And then went on to say that there's plenty of empty seats in both leagues. And it's like, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to prove here? I think it felt like the whole thing this entire time is all these people talking about how, well, the big 12 is beneath the pac 12. There's no reason to do that. This is why they're, we're so much better, but then you keep coming up with reasons with like, no, we're pretty comparable. We're pretty comparable. And if you look at a lot of things, with uh, some actual discretion and some thought, the Big 12 outperforms. Uh, I mean, it's just how it works. Uh, anyway, it's that that part has just bumfuddled me this whole time. And and like you mentioned, we don't have any resolution at all. And and I shouldn't be surprised because I think it was fifty something days since uh, you know last summer. When UT and OU announced that they were leaving, I believe it was about 50-something days when 
the other four schools were announced and we're definitely not there yet. We've just, it's barely been 30. I don't even know if it has, I can't tell you exactly the date that it, that it all happened, but, uh, you know, there's still a lot of time for some crazy things to happen, but I still expected a little bit more info at this point in the game with just how dire it kind of is and how quickly I think they need to act. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about fall practice, man. It starts Friday getting ready for football in a month. Game one coming up faster than you know it. And you can even believe it. Uh, it just feels like we were just at the spring game a few weeks ago. Um, we're, we'll get into our, our preview and predictions uh, here starting pretty soon, but man, September 3rd, which is a month from today, we're recording August 3rd, Murray State. I mean, I'm not looking forward to Murray State, but I'm looking forward to, to, to game one of Joey McGuire and Zach Ketley and Tim DeRuiter and th- this new team. Um, and then obviously the season just kicking off from there. You got Houston the next week and going to NC State, coming back home versus Texas. Like, like that first you know, weeks two, three, and four. Yes. Could be rough guys. I mean, it, 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 five, six as well. Yeah. You got Kansas state and Oklahoma state. Go ahead and and start hydrating now for that 3 PM kick versus Houston at home on the 10th of September. Just go ahead and get your, uh, I, I learned on, on, uh, the Picador's discord tonight that there is a thing is, Gator light, which is kind of like Pedialyte, but tastes better. So you, you, you might have to uh, oh, invest into that. Yeah, it's a, it's a Gatorade product, as you couldn't tell from Gator light. But what, uh, what, what about this schedule are you looking forward to? Ooh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to selfishly I'm just I'm really glad the first game's a night game which makes sense because with an opponent like that you should be able to kind of set your time uh so 7 p.m that's that's really going to be nice just to kind of ease into the day <laughs> we'll, we'll do the radio show you know we'll kind of go about our day I'm probably going to have a soccer game I need to go to so selfishly a night game I'm very excited about and I know that's not really what you meant <laughs> but I, I am I'm pretty nervous about the first month. You, you know, there is a very likely chance that, uh, I forget how many wins Houston won last year. 12. I mean, they not 12. Well, they win they all win the 12. wins, Michael. They win all the wins. They, they won all their wins. That's true. They were hundred percent in the win of wins column, but Houston won a lot of games last year. And I, I think this first month could be really rough. And then going to Kansas state, is going to be rough too. I, I think Kansas state has, they have a lot of hopes this season. They have a well-coached team like we've always talked about. And I think a lot of their pieces are coming together. I know there might be some questions at quarterback. I'm not quite sure. So as far as just about the schedule, I think it's honestly pretty dang brutal. Um, you know, the, it's definitely front loaded. If tech can survive the front load front loaded of this schedule and then, get to kind of, um, you know, hopefully have a winnable game versus West Virginia at home. You know, they are definitely 
uh, playing somebody else at quarterback. So, I mean, I'm sure his third school is going to work out to be great, but it's still a question mark too. Uh, Neil Brown is a question mark Neil Brown. on his own. Uh, you know, Baylor, they're, they're going to be solid. Uh, Aranda's proved that time and time again. And TCU is going to be probably a huge question mark, big turmoil, no idea. I, I just think the last half of the season, Tech's going to have a better chance to steal some uh, than the first half. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. You know, Iowa State, I'm not as scared of Iowa State this year, despite it being in Ames. Uh, we'll see how I feel 10 games into the season when Tech has to roll up there in November. But finishing up at home versus Oklahoma, not not as scared of them either, but they're still going to be really darn good. So just the different – the coaching changes um, – going in with, you know, Tech's coaching changes and hopefully Tech's mentality change will follow suit. The, the main thing I'm worried about is Tech's depth. So, you, you know, even the front half of the season, if, if you get if you get through with that, but then you lose some guys, you're not going to have a whole lot of depth on that last half and that could cost you too. So it, I don't like the schedule. I think it's pretty rough. <laughs> you know, I think I've rambled on enough about it. What do, what do you think? Well, so I was, you know, I'm a big fan of the solid verbal. Um, and actually one of their hosts, um, Ty is really high on, on Texas tech this year. And he was the one that pointed out that like, um, we catch teams. Like he basically said every team on our schedule is playing Texas tech at the most inconvenient time to catch a team like Texas tech. Like oh, so we're we're like that that zit that pops up on prom the day of prom or something. Yeah, and uh, essentially that like whether we're we're like the letdown look ahead or like the sandwich game or whatever it is like Texas Tech just appears in weird spots on all these people's schedules. And he said that that could help a team young and and reloading like Texas Tech to steal games that they wouldn't otherwise win. Like if they were, if they were facing some of their strongest competition coming off a bye week or if they had like Kansas coming after Texas tech, like they were able to completely focus on just Texas tech. But he was saying like looking into the schedule, no, there are plenty of times when, you know, Texas tech opponents catch Texas tech at just a weird time. Um, And I'm not, I'm not saying like it's going to be a, a 10 win season or even eight or whatever. But I think like there's just enough uncertainty with who's playing where and just you know weird things across a conference like what what's happening in Austin like the, the quarterback's situation like what, what's that going to look like does oh yeah does Sarkeesian have the the skill to to balance and juggle all that um, what does Adrian Martinez look like at Kansas State transfer quarterback from Nebraska. What does JT Daniel look like at West Virginia? Like they've screwed up good quarterbacks out there under Neil Brown and like a, a an offensive happy system not looked good. What does Oklahoma State look like this year without that defense, without, you know, without the guys they lost to the draft and graduation? Has Spencer Sanders figured out enough to not throw seven interceptions in a game? Um, Baylor is replacing a bunch from from their conference yeah they are um they're they're replacing starting quarterback tcu 
Like, are we really, are we really high on, on Sonny Dykes first year? Like Kansas may win three games this year. Um, it won't be you. I don't think. No, no, I won't. Iowa it, State, it will not be Texas Tech. Iowa State's replacing Brock Purdy and uh, Brees Hall and all those seven foot nine tight ends. Oklahoma, they're like I'm I'm really high on Dylan Gabriel, their quarterback transferring in from Central Florida. Cause I, I really loved uh their their offense out there and, and what he was able to do and McKenzie Milton, the quarterback before him. But again, like what what is what is uh uh is it Jeff Levy there? The, the yeah, Oklahoma, from Ole Miss. Yeah, offensive coordinator, like Yeah, I think so. What's he able to put together? Is, is is the defense going to be able to to, to complement it? Um, you know, because you, you would assume that like hiring um, Venables would Venables, affect yeah. that. Yeah, they'd like, have like super strong defensive uh, mindset there. So it's like th- there are questions all across the conference that you're like, I, obviously Texas Tech has questions too. It's not like you're coming in like we've got a bona fide starter that we're everybody's super set on. At quarterback, we're loaded at skill position. We've got a, you know, a, a, a veteran coach and coaching staff. Like there, obviously, are, are questions here too. But like yeah. there, there, there are enough question marks across the rest of the conference. Like, man, like I don't really know what we know about the Big Twelve, and 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 we'll probably know more by the end of November. But <laughs> I would imagine, <laughs> I would imagine but we I, know a little so, more so, by then. So I don't, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see the the foundation that we get from McGuire, Kitley, DeRuiter, uh, and then just the the way this thing can can build and take off from there. So, um, I think most everybody knows about this. I just wanted to, to touch on it really quickly. Another example of just like a self own, like we saw from Wilner and. Uh, the Pac-12 attendance figures that TCU recruiting coordinator or recruiting analyst or whatever his position is uh, trying to talk about knowing your own brand uh, and, and the value of that immediately coming out after Texas tech announced the NIL deal where they signed 105 football players to $25,000 one year deals. Um, it's like, no nah, man, that, that that's not like the, the ceiling man. That that's just raising the floor. Like, Everybody, including walk-ons, will now be able to to cash in on about two thousand dollars a month on NIL uh, income or revenue or whatever you want to call it. But then he, he was trying to throw shade and talk about us being out in the desert and and just that 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 ignited the Texas Tech Twitter fan base and uh, all the the, the cactus uh, coming out. And then what was it? Uh, there was a TikTok video of three TCU football players dancing very poorly. And, and like just the fire back, like, Hey coach, is this the brand you were talking about? The players being aware of, which I, I know it's funny. I know this has been this, this is a few weeks old now and you know, credit to the gauchos for really getting this going, you know, taking the cactus back, making the cactus our own. Uh, but it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Just the way that Carrington spoke, you know, I asked, he said stuff like, I ask you to urge to ask these schools 
to quantify your brand potential as an individual entity separate from the university in the same market. And it's just, it did, did he just take notes at a motivational speaker class for the, I don't know, someone selling Herbalife. I mean, it, it just seems bizarre, uh, you know, to kind of use that type of language to, to, talk about this. And he says that or the real, the re reality is that an extra 2k, it's going to be a concrete ceiling for most players in scarce markets that are oversaturated, oversaturated with 85 scholarship players attempting to quote, build their brand in a desert. And then that was where he did the cactus emoji. And we eventually, you know, we bludgeoned that to death. Having it. We're not having it. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost overcorrected to this point. Like there's just cacti all over the place out here in Lubbock. You just see them everywhere. Um, and there were a lot of live there, cactus there were, sent to the TCU football office, which I was, gonna yeah, do. a guy got a tattoo, um, and made the news and talked about it. So, and I think, yeah, I did. I met him at the movie screening the other night. So hello, Zach, what's up? But yeah, it, it got kind of, got kind of crazy. And I, I think it might've cooled a little bit, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if or when I'll be allowed to take the cactus emoji out of my Twitter handle. I think it's got to, I think it's got to stay there. It's got to stay. But yeah, that's just it. Let that be a warning to those who, <laughs> who, who mess too much with Texas tech Twitter. Cause um, that it's going to be rough. That came really close following the TCU athletic director basically admitting like, yeah, we're not going to sell tickets to Texas tech fans. Yeah, you're right. It was a day or a day or two or right after two that. later. Yeah. It was just right there. So a couple, couple of big L's from Fort Worth. Oh, and they also did the, yeah. Cause not, not long after that, there was like DFW's team or they had that hashtag they tried to start. I know they said, uh, Fort Worth's team and then we we all jumped on this like I don't think Fort Worth actually claims that and then we, we yeah. sent like screenshots of pictures of the stadium during the game where it's like completely empty yeah so it, it fueled a lot of good stuff um I, I welcome that sort of Twitter interaction and that kind of vitriol it's it's just kind of fun and it'll make the games that much more interesting and uh I, I was listening to the Bosco's boys this week and, and they had a fun concept of a podcast where they had, there were three, three of them on there. Um, it was Scott, of course. And then one of the guys from, I think it's 10, 12, sorry, I'm butchering it. And then the stats of war guy from TCU and they all were picking their ideal big 12 road trip games per week. And I think all but one picked the, the tech TCU game just because of the Hell online, yeah. <laughs> because of the online crap. They just wanted to, to be there and see if tech really was going to take over the stadium. And we'll find out. I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Just like, like when we, we took over the, the Irwin center in Austin. Yeah. There's going to, there's going to be some Raider power in Fort Worth. That's for sure. Yeah. So there were a couple of live Twitter spaces this week. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Silva and Williams, the college football subreddit hosted one and actually had coach McGuire on. I listened to that Monday morning. Uh, and he, he was also asked about the, the cactus thing and he, he it was funny. He, he said that some, some TCU coach mouthed off and really got our fan base fired up. And, uh, he, he, 
he circled back to just saying how how happy and excited he is for a fan base that is this bought into a program even before like results on the field have have come to fruition. Um, and, uh, one, I, I, you know, he talked really highly of, of just, you know, the, the staff that he put together, obviously he's not going to knock down about it, but just the, the excitement and, and buy-in that he has with the guys that he brought on staff. You know, he talked about Kitley and DeRuiter specifically, uh, talked about how just Kitley will put together, um, the offensive packages that have the best and most playmakers on the field at the same time. He said, so if that means we're running 11, 12, 22, he almost said 23 personnel. Oh, like, oh man, dang it. so close, Joey. Because get, well, he, get that third tight end in there, man. He said 11, 12, 21, 22, and 13 personnel. Ah. So going up to three tight ends. But he didn't say 23. I was like, oh, dang it. Okay. Um, but then he talked about just the the, the valuable experience of having a, a former head coach on the staff and, and a rooter. Uh, he, he reemphasized that um, the benefit of being able to say, Hey, you know, t- take your defensive coordinator hat off and, and put your head coaching hat on. Like, you know, how am I doing? What would you do here? Uh, which I think we, we all talked about just what, what, what we would think Cliff Kingsbury could have done with another year of mentorship under you know a good head coach. Um, Cause it, you know, it's, it's, it's a little like, um, I'm a little apprehensive again, like as excited as we are about McGuire to then like, just to take a step back and be like, he's not been a college football head coach before he's been coaching in college football, but he hasn't been a high level coordinator. He hasn't been on. I, he's been on really successful staff. And I, I think that's, that's yes. obviously been super helpful on top of being really successful in the high school ranks and then filling out so much of the staff with other really successful high level uh, high school guys, which then you could also say, well, that's more high school guys and not college guys. But but he does have uh, college coaches on staff because Kitley has coached before, obviously. Um, Emmett Jones has been in college football for a while. DeRuiter has been obviously a head coach before, um, been a high level coordinator for, for quite some time. Um, so that was, a, that, that was a good read. Sorry, not a good read. It was a good listen. Uh, it should still be available. Um, the recording it of it tonight. Yeah. Yes. If, if you just basically Google Reddit CFB, not maybe not Google, if you type in a Twitter <laughs> search, Reddit CFB McGuire and it'll pop up and you can still listen to it. Yeah, I, I got through most of it before we recorded. I was I wasn't able to to finish all of it, but you know I, I caught most of most of what you said. And and he does mention and credit Rule quite a bit, and he felt like he learned a lot from from Rule. And and he's credited Aranda and different things too. Yeah, for sure. So yes, I mean this is he's he's learning a lot. He's learning a lot on the job, and and he has talked about how influential and and how helpful it is to have. Deruder in there as a head coach, he can bounce ideas off of and just kind of see if stuff passes the smell test or however you want to word it. But the intensity of the fans, I know it's a lot of online presence and a lot of online intensity, but there are people behind these phones and people behind these Twitter handles and, you know, Reddit screen names and whatever else that are hungry and, and just dying to see 
a competent and successful football team. I think the majority of them, as we talked before, are more excited than expectant. I think they're just caught up in the excitement and and know that it's going to be kind of a tough road to hoe for the next couple of years, possibly. But they're in it. I mean, they're they're ready to go and they're committed. And so it's just super exciting to see this fan base, this locked in step. Uh, you know, it hasn't been even remotely like this since Kingsbury was hired. And I still think it wasn't near like that then. I, I, I think everybody is on board of all ages on, on this one. So um, no pressure by any means, but I, I think we'll, we're, we're going to see fans just, I, I think they're going to put in the effort that they're, that they're seeing this staff and these players do. Yeah. Um, let's, let's we'll do some quick updates around the rest of the, the sports around the rest of the, oh, golly, I'm trying to hold back a sneeze and it's messing up my words, <laughs> the rest of campus, uh, specifically with, with basketball, uh, the lady, 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 oh my goodness, there it is again, lady Raider basketball team recently announced their NIL deal with the Matador club at $25,000 per player, which is awesome. Not the no, Matador Club. Sorry, level thirteen marketing. That's what it was. I I misread that real quick, um, which is really exciting. That when when they talked about the initial deal, that uh, others were, were were coming online and and you'd see some other sports on campus be able to enjoy the same type of benefits that the football team was saying. It wasn't just the football players will be taken care of, like the athletes at Texas Tech will be taken care of. And I think it's a huge advantage and recruiting uh advantage at least right now for texas tech to say hey like any sport walk on or scholarship player you've got this base package or salary if you will yeah it was just really cool yeah um, that part-time job you thought if you thought you had to work yeah T- tell him you quit yeah um the men's team recently announced that they're going to be participating in the basketball uh, maui invitational um, with, let's see, who else is going? Arizona, Arkansas. There's Arkansas again. Cincinnati, Creighton, uh, Louisville, Ohio State, San Diego State, and Texas Tech. That's quite it's the field. It's a very, yes, it's it's a very intriguing field. When is that, November? That will be starting November 23rd. Oh, 22nd. man, so thanks, nope, Thanksgiving week? Possibly. Yeah. That's usually the week you get like some Eastern Washington basketball type teams that will come to Lubbock. But this is this time you're playing a a legitimate quad one, if you will, (laughs) basketball setting. And the fact that it's a tournament that just makes it that more interesting. And, you know, there'll be the games will be televised, I'm sure, in a good channel on a on a decent time slot just because of who all's there, uh, you know, shout out to Creighton for being brave enough to not have red in their colors <laughs> and attend an all red tournament. But you know, you're welcome anyway. Hey, Arizona seven out of blue. eight. It's not bad. Arizona's got blue. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's who they can, they can match with. But, um, well, so you say man, that, that's but- a, that's another team where you're just this. Have you seen, have you seen the images that they've been, 
shooting on uh, social media the last couple weeks of the basketball team shirtless and boxing rings and everyone has an eight pack and that, that Robert it's insane. Was it Robert Jennings? Well, even O'Banner, I mean, O'Banner looked like he's shredded like 10 pounds or 15 and just turned it into muscle or, or vice versa. Just like shredded zero pounds, but turned it anyway. Uh, and KJ Allen has really trimmed up. I mean, these, these guys are working, they're working really hard and it's going to be a blast to see what, what Adams is able to do with, with this team. And it's, it's going to be hard for us to keep up with because every player is different. I think it's since we last talked about basketball on this podcast, Nadalny is gone as well. So it's, it's KJ Allen and O'Banner and that's it. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. I think those are the only guys coming back. Yeah, we'll talk about that in uh Oh, I know. October. I know. I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, so if you look at the, the Texas Tech schedule for this year, they've got five games listed. One of them is a TBD as part of this tournament. Game one of the tournament will be against Creighton, and then you'll face Arkansas or Louisville, and then your last game will be Wednesday the 23rd. Uh, your Big East Big 12 battle, Wednesday the 30th versus Georgetown, and then your Big 12 SEC Challenge, January 28th at LSU. Those are your five games on the schedule. Five opponents, one TBD with an or in there as well. Um, you mentioned you went to uh, the screening of Vengeance last night. Gambling Gauchos rented out a theater and hosted a big big watch party. Uh, yeah. Had a bunch of Lubbock parlay picadors. <laughs> I felt ridiculous yeah. saying that. And, and attendance. What, what was that like? I, I'm just I'm glad that Kyle and Rob saved me a seat, which was directly in between them, which yeah. was good. It was, it was good to be to be there to you know um, be the mediator in case a fight broke out or anything. Between those uh, two, Rob, yeah, for sure. It was so packed that Rob had to act as usher at least once to get some people to move, so that you know a a, a couple could come in and sit down and find two seats next to each other. I mean, every single seat was filled. By the time the the movie started, uh, it was a lot of fun. Got to meet a few of the guys and sport my new 23 personnel cap that I picked up from Cardinals. Which you can, too, pick up a 23 personnel cap from Cardinals. I don't think yeah. we would get any uh, merchandise no, fee just yet. Not at all. <laughs> which is fine. It's you, just, you, you if you just go to the hat. counter and say, hey, I want to I want to put 23 personnel on something and, and they will do it for you and. And we will be grateful, but hat, we get nothing for it. Sweatshirt. Yeah. But whatever you want to. So the, the hat that you got, Michael, why don't you explain it? It's, it's, it's pretty nice. It's a lot different than my, my all black fitted hat. Yeah. I went, uh, what I usually like to sport is I'm, I'm more of a dad hat guy, like with, uh, the less structured look 47 brand and stuff. But it seems like every hat I buy these days now is the kind of structured trucker hat, the Richardson the 112 or the 114 or whatever it is. <clears throat> and so that's what I went with it, with the mesh in the back. I do like the mesh, even though I'm bald and you know, it's got the adamant vent. about sun protection. That vent sure does. That sure is nice. That is nice. But, uh, I went with the, let's see, it's a red bill with a black front and the white mesh. So I've, I've got that's a nice. red, red, black and white going with the, with the logo on the front. But, but back to the movie, the movie was great. 
uh, it's good to see Rob and Kyle as always. And then, you know, just to see the, the amount of folks that showed up, uh, to watch this movie set in West Texas, the movie itself that I'm still thinking about the ending. I'm not going to spoil a thing. I really am hesitant to talk too much about it because it is a, you know, a murder mystery type movie. And so you don't want to say too much and give away too much about what happened or if it was an actual murder or whatever. So, uh, I'll just kind of focus on a couple of the things, uh, you know, the, the guy from Texas calls BJ Novak's character early on and Novak's trying to figure out, well, where are you at in Texas? And, and the guy said, well, have you ever been there? And he said, yeah, I've been to Austin. The guy just laughs. It's like, no, we're, I'm not around there. And he said, what about, what about Dallas? He said, that's not Texas. What about Houston? He's saying that's like, that's like a whole nother country (laughs) or something. It's true. And so uh, anyway, he's like, have you ever heard of Abilene? He said, yeah. All right. You'll fly into Abilene. And then it's about five hours West of that. (laughs) Like, okay. So anyway, um, a lot of cool stuff like that floating around a lot of Whataburger love. Um, I think one of the things I enjoyed the most, it just happened so quickly, but at the dinner table, the, you know, the sisters of the, of the girl that died, he's at the dinner table with them. And he said something about, you know, coming down here down to wherever they were in Texas. They never officially said, but it definitely was Alpine Marfa esque, something like that. And they, the girls were asking, well, why, why'd you come here? And I think he said something kind of nice about the area. And then they both instantly were like, Oh, there's nothing to do here. What do you mean? There's nothing here. And then he replied kind of agreeing with them, but still in a nice way. And then they immediately like, what are you talking about? This place is great. There's all sorts of good stuff here. And so I kind of get that, that same vibe all the time, uh, on Twitter, especially with alignment stuff. You know, sometimes people will dog, yeah, there's really not much going on out here, but it's okay if we say it, but if someone else says it, then no, you're an enemy. That's it. You can't say it. You're not allowed to critique whether or not this is a desert out here. Although according to annual rainfall percentages, it it technically is, but we can't, no, we can't abide by that. Anyway, it's, it's a good movie. Uh, interesting characters, very interesting ending, which I'm not going to talk about much anymore because I don't know how else to spoil it. Sure. That was, it sounds like a good time with the, the group out there at the theater. Oh yeah. Um, the last thing we want to talk about before we wrap this up with what we learn, uh, Michael, what would a 20 year old version of yourself consider the perfect NIL deal? Okay. I'm guess- going back to, we're bouncing around a little bit, but well, you know, talking about NIL because Brandon Carter mentioned he just off the top of his head lifted listed, you know, like a big sports brand or Coca Cola yeah, or Tostitos. It was, it was interesting that like he went like big time brands. I was like, yeah, I don't know what it which went. he might have been able to draw back then because he was a noticeable figure, especially as an offensive lineman. He made the rounds on TV and that was really kind of maybe not pre-social media per se, but 
I know Facebook was around at least is definitely the last couple of years. But anyway, I, I think he may have been onto something there. Um, but for me, if somehow I was able to get an NIL deal as a 20 year old me, which would have been back in 2003. So shout out to you elder millennials. It would have been for something relatively minor these days, but back then was a big expense. I was, I would hope for an NIL deal with sudden link <laughs> or, or I would have been really practical. Okay. Like, uh, can I get an NIL deal with, um, you know, uh, Valero, can I get, get a just, gas card? Yeah. Can I get a gas card? Can I get, um, an NIL deal with back then? It probably would have been Rigger Dykes, just a vehicle. Can someone just pay for a vehicle? No, I had a good vehicle, but you know, as a kid, you always wanted something different. I actually, no, mine was fine. But yeah, I really think it probably would have been like, Hey, you've seen me run fast on the hardwood. What about having a fast internet here at Sudden Link? You can get that and use promo code Michael at Sudden Link. Yeah, I, I would have nailed it. It'd have been great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I remember right out of college when I was I was like interviewing for every job under the sun. Uh, there was a marketing position open in the Sudden Link office here in Lubbock, and I interviewed for it. And I was progressing through it. Um, and they were really excited to, to talk about like, well, if you, if you get employed here, like you get the very best Sunlink packages of TV and internet absolutely free. I was like, I really want this job. <laughs> it's a I'm great sure, selling point. <laughs> I'm sure it paid like really crap, but like also not having to worry about internet and TV would have been great. Yeah. Because that was probably like $400 worth of cable and TV. Yeah. So yeah, that's not bad. Which also means like if they're just giving it away, that it's really they're making a little bit on it. The markup is unreal. Um, so for me, and I, I'm sure nobody's really surprised by it. Like, and it, it's probably still somewhat true today. S- some kind of food, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't have anything specific. I, I, I know we, we've joked. You don't even long. care. You're just like some sort we, of food. We, we've joked for a long time about about getting out with, with, with Cap Rock, um, but, but to be like a spokesman of like a local restaurant. Um, and then, and then just be able to like, Hey man, I'm, I'm kind of tired of these like grilled chicken and rice meals that the dietitians got to set up on. Let's, <laughs> let's go get a burger or a steak or a big bowl of queso or pizza or whatever. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like, I have something in mind, but we're like, I uh, think you could, I think you could be a good salesman for one guy's calzones. Yeah, maybe. Or main event. It's got everything like food, games. Well, they weren't here. They weren't here then. Yeah, probably not. Were they? Uh, Twenty-year-old me would have been two thousand nine. Oh, I don't know. They've probably been here longer than I think. But I don't. That's probably about. Eh. Anyway, no clue. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I think you. I think you could have sold the hell out of some calzones or. Um, and big red. Oh. That's still, that's, okay. okay, maybe that's that might be my answer. Maybe just like Big Red. I've talked about it a lot. Uh, I say that it's probably been a long time. One one of my very first summer school classes I took at Texas Tech. It was Texas history. That guy was he talked all day about Shiner beer, well, and Lone Star beer. He he went back and forth a little bit, 
But like when he was trying to be good and not be like, not talk to students about drinking beer, about drinking big red, mm. um, like that, that was like his, his little, his code, his, uh, his shtick, his jokes were centered around like drinking big red and having Giorgio's pizza. <laughs> he, he would have been a good, uh, NIL spokesman. Yeah. Giorgio's, you could have thrown that in there too. All right. Um, yeah, so let's, let's wrap this up with what we learned, uh, since we're going on like an hour and a half here, uh, and then, uh, get everybody ready and get going for fall camp that starts this week. So let's get to what do we learn? What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. Since we last recorded, Whataburger's come out with a new menu option. Yes. It, it It had just dropped when we recorded and it wasn't just like it ended up being several different variations of it because it was the burger, the uh, pepper, blue cheese, bacon blue cheese burger. But they also brought out the peppercorn ranch chicken club sandwiches at the same time. Yes, I'm I'm not a blue cheese fan, uh, and when I went to go order the burger, I saw the chicken club options. I, I went with that instead, so I got the spicy. Because you can get a choice of grilled chicken, crispy chicken, or spicy crispy chicken. I got the spicy crispy chicken. Comes with bacon. You can put, obviously, the peppercorn ranch on it. That is a fire sandwich. It is really good. I really regret that I missed out on that. Is it Be- gone? I, I, I well, I don't know. I think it is. I need to. I need to double check the app. Uh, but the because the peppercorn ranch was also on the bacon blue cheeseburger. Which was a little, little disappointing because I feel like if you're going to, <laughs> I like blue cheese. That's the thing. If you're going to commit to a blue cheese burger, go all the way, baby. You got to put some blue cheese on that burger. You, you can't just sprinkle a little bit. Uh, and because my wife had one too, and both of them, because we both like blue cheese burgers. And each time we were both like, oh, that's not enough blue cheese. But I need more pepper- stinky cheese. I do, but give me some of that stinky cheese. But the the peppercorn ranch, man, that's that pretty is good stuff. Excellent sauce. I mean, it's it's kind of this is going to make it sound gross, but I mean it in the best of intent. It's I really love pepper gravy. You know, like mm-hmm. this kind of gives that same vibe, but a cool version of it. Like you really get a lot. They true. You can taste the peppercorn. You could definitely taste the peppercorn and it's, it's a creamy sauce. It's, I, I think it was the highlight of the, the burger for me because the bacon, you know, fast food bacon, I can take or leave. I was almost half disappointed that it had bacon on it. I kind of forgot that when I ordered it, I was like, Oh, this is just, this is just too much guys. I can't, <laughs> I mean, I, my gosh, there's already two patties on this thing and there's blue cheese and there's peppercorn ranch, which I just called cold gravy and and it's it's like oh my gosh now there's break bacon so what are you doing to me i still ate the whole thing um but yeah it, it was it was fine i i'm not going to be clamoring for it to come back on the all-time favorites for the all-time favorites i'm still going green chili double a1 thick and hearty and probably the buffalo ranch chicken strip sandwich you know what? What's a little disappointing about the uh, the all time favorite menus is it's not consistent. Correct. Like th- there is a sweet and spicy burger that's not offered oh. out here. 
That's pretty good too. Yeah. Well, and I remember a few years ago it was, uh, there's also the Oju one. Oju dipper something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So what I learned, Michael, that's been our Whataburger minute because <laughs> we have one every podcast <laughs> is that moving sucks. Yes, it does. I can't believe you, you were like, you were doing it yourself. You did it live. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, the bastion of like health and fitness, but 33 is pushing it on moving yourself. hundred percent agree. <laughs> Well, I told Samantha, it's like, one, it's going to be a while before we, 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 before we move out of this house. So it means we'll be even older when it's time for us to move. We're paying somebody <laughs> next time. We're not doing this ourselves. We had a, we had a great number of friends and, and, and guys from church come help us to load and unload the truck. Still, man, that was like, if I can just sit back and be like, okay, that, that goes in the living room. That goes in the front bedroom. That's the middle one. That's the back bedroom whatever. Perfect. Yeah. The, the last time we moved, you know what? That's interesting. The last time we moved, I was 33 and we, we kind of did a hybrid thing cause we had to wait for our house to be built. So we had to live in an apartment for, I think four months. So, uh, my wife and I moved ourselves. you know, we moved the stuff out of our original house into storage. Mm-hmm. We did that all by ourselves, And then we, I had a friend come help me one day and move the rest of the stuff to the apartment from our house. And then from, you know, that was it though. Uh, because by the time it came time to move in, uh, we had hired a moving company to get the stuff from the apartment and from the storage building to the house, which was fantastic. But even just what, what little I did, I still think I hurt my back I, from, um, oh, I know what I did. I bought a gun safe. And Those things are stinking heavy. They're stupid heavy. And I brought it home on a trailer. I did everything right. but um, And I had a dolly and, and all that kind of stuff. But when I was lifting it up, because I was like, oh, I could do this by myself. It's fine. And I, I lifted it up upright on the trailer and I totally tweaked my back when I did that. And it has not been the same since. And I was like, ah, why did I do that? Because the whole move had taken place. All the boxes were in the house. Everything was in the house. I was like, I've got to get a gun safe because we're about to have our first kid. And, you know, I had like a little cabinet thing that was locking, but it wasn't that great. So I needed a legit safe. And I got it. And I threw my back out just getting it off the trailer just about, oh, man. So yeah, I feel you. That was, that was the turning point. Even then I had, we had hired move movers for half of it. Um, but I can't, yeah, 33 was, that was it for me too, man. And when I hear no they're, more. they're really expensive, but I'm, 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 I'm ready, man. I'm not doing this again. I can give you some names. Well, I don't need them. We now. had, we had a, we had a really good experience with, with the, with the group we hosted, yeah. hosted. Yeah. We hosted a group of movers. We hired them. They All were right. great. So that'll do it for us on 23 Personal Podcast. We're excited to get, be getting closer into fall camp. Can you tell? Preseason practice. Um, really thankful that Brandon Carter joined us this week. But for Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time.
Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.